In the Shallows of the Skykomish, recorded March 14, 2021. The weekend weather was inviting. Sunny and fresh-aired, signature western Washington state beautiful. We decided to go for a ride along the Skykomish River. Finding a place to stop and park, we hiked down to the river's edge, drawn toward the sound of fresh, shallow water running over stones. The river was moving quickly, and as we emerged from the forest and approached the water, we noticed something unusual. Deep folds on the surface of the water, moving in the opposite direction of the river's flow, swirling ripples of a different nature from those caused by eddies, water rushing over rocks, or blown by breezes. Fins were at the center of these ripples, salmon fins. We're now in the first days of autumn, and the salmon, having returned from the sea to their natal waters, are in the river shallows, dying. Salmon die after spawning due to exhaustion and malnutrition. This has to do with the difficult upriver migration they make, returning to their own birthplace, Flipping their bodies in the air and hurling themselves against the downward flowing water is no easy feat and is energetically exhausting. To prepare for this, salmon must fully develop in the ocean and build up fat reserves. Salmon stop feeding as they enter fresh water. Once they enter the river, there is little food to eat and they stop investing in the maintenance of their bodies. As their stomach is no longer needed for digestion, it begins to disintegrate internally, leaving more room for the developing eggs and sperm. They then begin living off the stored fat that had been accumulating during their life in the ocean. During this process, their flesh begins to change, becoming pale in color and mushy in texture. Most salmon used for food are caught in the ocean before they start upstream, where they have the best flavor, color, and texture. Their upstream journey is often long and difficult, and by the time they get to the spawning grounds, if they make it, they've used up their stores of energy. The river riffles are filled with them, splashing in death throes of short spurts and long curls flipping sideways and then regaining balance, momentarily righting themselves. It is a sad-to-watch dance, and it continues over and over until it ends. We walk out on the rocky beach into the river a little bit, and there in a pool before us is a beautiful silver salmon, floating, gasping, still alive, but just barely. I wonder if a vision of her life is passing before her as she lies here with her mouth stuck open and one unblinking eye staring up through the enormous trees overhead to the sunlit sky beyond. I imagine not. I can only suppose she has no recollection of the urges that have driven her, no recall that as a youngster she left this river to travel to the deep heart of the sea and I suppose she cannot now remember fighting her way against the river's torrent, leaping up sunlit falls and choosing a strong mate. Does she even know she has laid her eggs, fulfilling her role in shaping the future? Does she realize that each day she lived, so many of her comrades fell to natural catastrophes and cunning predators and diseases and accidents and the nets and hooks of humanity? 
And as she lies here dying, can she possibly understand that she has succeeded and survived? One hopes so. We have been in Washington State for some years now. Upon hearing we were leaving Florida for the Pacific Northwest, many people commented on the months of cool, dark, rainy winter days we'd be trading the sunny, warm Florida winters for. Yes, and the exchange has been a good one for us. Our first winter here was a new experience, persistently wet and at times raw. But not only wasn't it unpleasant, the cool blankets of rain and fog were calming and embracing. And we've come to learn the importance of the persistent rain on this ecosystem of which we have chosen to be a part. Each drop of rain is a perceptual lens through which we can see the life force of this magnificent region. Raindrops build streams and streams, guided this way and that by the rugged contours of the land, lead to rivers, rivers to watersheds, and those watersheds merge together, flow to and become sea. Along the Pacific coast of North America, from the California redwoods north to the Arctic Ocean, any summertime stream that carries more than a couple of garden hoses worth of water is probably home to at least one species of salmon, it is in these flowing waters, which are everywhere, that the magnificent salmon, symbolic of the wild and free beauty of the Pacific North, are born and return to spawn, planting new life, fulfilling their responsibility, continuing the process. And then when their work is done, exhausted, they die. The salmon in the pool at our feet slips down into the river gravel, repeatedly until her lifeless body slowly rises, coming to rest in the current against a rock. We are reminded that death is not always a tragedy and can be natural and right and even beautiful. In the case of the salmon, instructed by nature, death arrives when life has become complete. Having emerged from its now useless form, her mind swims in a new freedom unfettered by baggage of body, aware of a very gentle movement vaguely forward, consciousness unencumbered, an image of a worn, lifeless carcass on the rocks, now irrelevant, a pile of left-behinds, food for the river scavengers. Her mind moves through time, aware of diversions on all sides, but none are alluring enough to capture its attention flowing straight ahead toward a freshness, a light perfectly clear, radiating living peace and infinite grace, comfort and safety, beautiful beyond description. It is all she is drawn to. It is everything there is. Fearlessly, she approaches and then enters into the softly luminous glow on the verge of rebirth. This recording, In the Shallows of the Skycomish, was written by Mark Winwood and is included in his 2016 collection of writings, Am Stopping My Finger Now, Tibetan Buddhist Musings for Western Life. Mark is the founder of the Chenrezig Project, a Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group resident in Duval, Washington, and with a national online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrezig Project at our website, www.chenrezigproject.org. 
That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. The background music, titled Time Spent, was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega. It appears on his album Bobby Vega and Chris Rossback. More about Bobby and his music at his website www.bobbyvega.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A dot com. Or, as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity. Additionally, a shout-out to the writings of Dr. Carl Safina for some of the included salmon lore. My name is Kathy Adams. Thank you for listening.